Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart. Hey, did I get your attention? We're doing something special for the next month. We're going to focus on now business. Like how do you generate income today, right now? My name is Jesse Zagorski. You probably know me as one of the regular hosts here, producer of the Agent Power Huddle. I'm also a broker associate with eXp. And what I keep hearing over and over again is agents that truly need to shift their business. The market shifted, they need to shift and they got to close the deals today. And so whether you're a brand new agent this series is for you. Experienced agent, this series is for you. It doesn't matter. Agent on a team, team leader, we're going to give you strategies and techniques to figure out how to scale and grow your business to close deals today. Not in the future, not tomorrow, today. This is what we're focusing on all month, the techniques, the strategies you need. So welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Welcome, everyone. My name is Ed Lane. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am a broker with DXP out of the Seattle market. And uh, I think I just coined this Thursdays with Ed. So thanks for hanging out with me. Today, we are going to talk about, let me share my screen. I got way too many slide decks. We're going to talk about setting the right expectations in the first meeting. And this applies whether it's buyers, sellers, brokers, your kids, doesn't freaking matter, right? So uh, let's just dive in. So what we're going to cover is why it matters, why it will help you in accomplishing your goals, and then what the recipe is for those conversations. Does that sound like it would be helpful? I hope so. And I hope we don't have like a, a painfully quiet group today. So please ask questions, interact. Eric, thank you for smiling. That helps. <laughs> so why does it matter? Well, Having a plan increases your likelihood of success. One of the things I like to always say is you really have no right to predict the outcome unless you have a plan to get there, right? And the, the cookies are on the screen because it's analogous to making chocolate chip cookies. If you made kick-ass chocolate chip cookies, wouldn't you make them the same every way or every time? So... Uh, that should go for your meetings with buyers, your meetings with sellers, and your meetings with brokers. Just plain and simple, right? Because when you go into a meeting with a plan for that meeting and a desired outcome for that meeting, um, let me let me say that differently. A lot, a lot of people go into a meeting with a desired outcome, but no plan, right, for that meeting. So what we want to do is focus on not only having a plan, but communicating that plan. And when you communicate that plan to your audience, your prospect, uh, they're more likely to follow along, right? Or comply. Maybe not the best word when we're talking about selling, but you know, when they can see your vision for the discussion, they're planning on a, arriving at that destination with you, and that helps you get there along the way. So why does it help? Well, you're kind of their Sherpa in the process, right? So when you have the first meeting and you set the tone for the relationship, you set the, the tone for the plan. Let's just say for this conversation, the goal is to buy their first house, right? They need to know that you can see that destination, even though they might not be able to in the moment. So when you set the expectation of, hey, we're going to end this, this movie ends with you buying a house and us staying connected ad infinitum, that helps them buy into the plan and the process and, and what you've got in store with them. Now, you also want to set the expectations in that meeting, sticking with the buyer example, that 
you know, not every deal goes perfectly smoothly, right? And I actually, one of the things I say to my clients, buyers and sellers is, hey, you know what? I've been doing this a long time. And the cool thing about real estate is uh, it's, it's never boring. We're going to have a good time and exciting time along the way. But I want you to know that if something goes haywire along the way, or if we get a curveball, don't stress out about it because I've seen them all before, right? And human nature is with the absence of information, we are wired to go to very dark places, right? If if you don't fill in the gaps for me, I'm going to kind of assume the worst. And I think that's in all of us, right? The evidence of that to me is if you ever talk to a parent whose child didn't call when they were running late, the parent usually says something to the effect of, I thought you were in a ditch somewhere, right? That's human nature because we we are sort of bracing ourselves for the worse in the hopes that it doesn't happen, but we're ready for it. So when you're communicating with your clients, buyers, sellers, or agents, you want to let them know that you're able to get them to that destination. But but if there's a, you know, to stick with the mountaineering analogy, if there's a crevasse along the way, we know how to get across it, right? People will follow you if they believe in you and believe that you can get them where they're trying to go, right? And that's plain and simple. So you have to be able to, at the beginning, communicate what that path is going to be while at the same time setting the expectation for, hey, we're going to go through this process. We're going to check off these boxes as we go. And if if a new box pops up along the way, that's not a worry because we've we've done this so many times. Does that make sense? So let's talk about what the actual recipe is. I follow this recipe going into any and every meeting with really anyone. And that is, it all starts with building rapport. And we'll dig into that a little deeper. Ask questions. Before you launch into your presentation, you want to ask a series of questions so that you can address their questions during your presentation, right? Set the expectation for the discussion and then present. So whether it's your buyer presentation, your listing presentation, you're gonna follow your process. And if you don't have one, we should talk about that. And then close, right? It's really straightforward. There aren't a lot of steps. The longest step is building rapport, right? Because people work with people they know, like, and trust. Well, if, if this is an internet lead, they didn't know you when they walked in the door, right? So you have to learn how to build rapport quickly and and effectively before you're going to be able to say, so am I the right guy to help you buy your next house or help you get your home sold or whatever, right? Oh, too far, too fast. So when I'm going to stick with the buyer presentation part of it, because it's probably the most illustrative of what I'm talking about. When I get a buyer lead and I book an appointment for a face-to-face, we call that our VIP buyer presentation. In that meeting, I'm not kidding around. I spend probably the first 45 minutes building rapport, having an inquisitive nature, asking them a lot of questions about themselves, their family. I mean, shoot, by the end of the conversation, I know 
how old their kids are, where do they go to school, where would they like to go to college if they're of that age, uh, what their dog's name is, what their dog's breed is, right? Because as you're talking to buyers about whether, you know, they want to have a fenced yard. Oh, why Why do you need a fenced yard? Do you have a pet? Yeah, we have a dog. Oh, great. What kind of dog is it? Oh, it's a Rottweiler. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I love Rottweiler. You know, whatever. Right? Have an inquisitive mind because what is your prospect's favorite topic? It's themselves. Yeah, that's right, Eric. So if you spend 30 to 45 minutes asking them everything under the sun about them, they feel like you have an interest in them, right? And and I do. I'm not faking any of this, but I have a genuine interest in them because I also know that having that knowledge is also going to make me way more effective in finding them the right house, right? So we build rapport. We use a, a form we call the requirements and nice-to-haves. And we give them a quick little speech about how, hey, you know, some things start out as requirements and become nice to haves and some things start as nice to haves and become requirements. And that's okay. This is a dynamic document. We're going to fill it out today, but we're going to revise it as we look at more and more houses because your, your taste and your desires could change or evolve. And that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes it's, you know, uh, something that you thought you had to have and you realize that it's so abundant that you're not worried about it anymore. Maybe that's the example, right? So anyway, we, we go through that sheet of paper and I'm not joking. It's eight and a half by 11 and it's blank on the back. By the end of that 30 or 45 minute conversation, I filled up the front. I filled up most of the back because I've taken so many notes and most of them, not most of them, but many of them are really not going to have any bearing on the house, but they helped me cement the relationship, right? The interest in them. Then with, uh, with clients, I'm going to ask them a few questions because I want to understand what their biggest concerns are so that when I go to my presentation, I can make sure to address those concerns. And the best illustration of that is uh, sellers, right? So the questions we ask sellers are, hey, uh, I'm going to role play with you, Eric. You don't even have to come off mute, but I'll just use your name. You go, hey, Eric, what are the top three goals that you have in this process? And they're going to say something to the effect of, you know, hey, I want to get the most amount of money. We want to do it fast or, or don't, whatever, right? Um, some of them say, I want it to be silky smooth, you know, whatever it is. Their answers are their answers. Great. So now I got your top three goals. What are the top three things that you think you need to do before we put your home on the market. And that's when they're going to typically give you their laundry list of, well, I got to fix the rain gutter fell down in the back and I got to paint the bathroom upstairs, you know, whatever their list is. It can be a mix of repair items or it can be unrelated to the condition of the home. It could be, well, we need my daughter to graduate high school, right? Or we need our financials to be in a certain condition before we can buy our next house. Whatever it is, right? That's going to help me get a sense of their timing. And if it is repair related, it allows me to say, well, before we decide on which things to do, I'm going to help you make a list of what will deliver an ROI if you do it. And in a lot of cases, there's 
sellers that have this list where there's things they shouldn't even bother because it's not going to have an impact on the sale. And so I'll, I'll let you know what you should do and even better what you shouldn't do in order to get your home ready for sale. Right. And then the last thing I ask them is what is it that you want or expect from the real estate community? So those are all the realtors besides me. Notice the presumptive close right there, right? They've already hired me in, in the way I'm speaking. So what do you expect from the real estate community at large? Those are the realtors besides me that come through your home. And a lot of times they'll look at you like, what do you mean? Or I don't, I don't know, a big offer, like a fat offer, right? And I say, well, <clears throat> sometimes when I ask that question, people will share maybe a bad experience they had. You know, like I expect people to lock the freaking door when they leave because I had somebody that didn't the last time or whatever, right? A lot of times that question will go unanswered, but it will flush out really important um, touch points if they have some concerns. I want to know about them, right? Because I'm going to make darn sure that people lock the door or don't let the cat out or whatever it is that that frustrated them about their last experience. Once I've got the answers to those questions, then I'm going to set the expectations for the meeting. Hey, so Eric, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my marketing plan so you can see what we do, how we do it, and why we're different. And then if everything looks good, we're going to move uh, towards the paperwork. So I've already inoculated Eric to the fact that we're signing listing paperwork today. And, and that will cause them to buck harder at the end if they're really resistant to it. But it causes the objections to come out. And I want to handle those objections face to face rather than have them sort of fluff me off and say, oh, this is great. Let us look over the paperwork and we'll get back to you. Well, now they're going to come up with objections and I'm not there to slay those objections, right? I'd rather do that today. And so as a result, we end up getting more signed listing paperwork more often in that first meeting. And then I launch into the presentation and I make darn sure that I speak to what their top three goals were, what their biggest concerns were, et cetera. Thank you, Eric, for saying that. Yeah, no, it's it, you got to get a little bit out of your comfort zone, right? Eric's comment was that that's a weakness and he has, he has to try harder to push for the paperwork. <clears throat> I reach for it. Like, we can do a different uh, agent power huddle on this, but but my listing presentation literally ends with, hey, so I've shown you a lot today. And on my slide deck on the screen when I'm saying this is a list of all the different programs that we use in our 155 step system for getting your home sold. So it's, an, it's a long list of things, right? And I go, hey, Eric, I've shown you a lot today. Did any of them stand out to you? And you're looking at this list. And so... Some people will pick a couple things on the list. Most people will say, no, just the fact that it's so comprehensive, like you don't miss a thing. And all I do is I go, great. Am I the right guy to help you get your home sold? And if they say anything other than yes, I'm digging in for objection handling, right? If they say yes, I go, awesome. And I extend my hand and I shake theirs. And I go, let's get started on the paperwork. And I have it already in my laptop bag, my folder of listing paperwork, and we get started. And do some people go, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> right? Yeah, sure they do. 
But then I, I go, what we're going to do is put together a plan to go live on a particular date. That date doesn't have to be tomorrow, right? That date, here's what I say, and you guys are welcome. Some of you might say this too. Our system is best launched on a Thursday. So all we have to do is pick which Thursday we want. And if you got a bunch of things we're going to do to the house or, you know, we need Susie to graduate high school next month or whatever, great. We're going to pick a Thursday in July or in late June or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. We can set that date as long as we want. Now, I'm in Washington state. Our MLS requires that the listing agreement be dated within 30 days of the go live date. But that doesn't change what I'm saying, because if we're waiting two months for Susie to graduate, I'm still signing you today. Because what happens when someone signs an agreement? They feel committed to you, right? And I want them to feel committed. And then when when July 12th comes around, we'll sign a new one. So I always comply, but I'm going to have them sign one early to get that commitment and loyalty going. And then we're going to work together towards the goal of the Thursday that we pick down the road, right? These are all methods of setting an expectation and giving them the vision of success that they're looking for. And at every point along the way, I'm doing and saying differentiators so that they're less likely to go, well, I, I'm going to go talk to somebody else too. I want to talk to more than one, right? You got to cement your differentiator. So they're like, nobody else is going to do all this, <laughs> this, right? The other thing that's really been helpful, and this is a little tangential to the expectation conversation, but not really, I guess. When I book an appointment with a seller, I ask two qualifying questions. First qualifying question is, are you selling this home by yourself or with someone else? Oh, no, I'm, my wife and I own it together. Great. Is she going to be there on Thursday when we meet? Well, no, I'm handling this. Oh, okay. What I'd like to do is find a time where both of you can be there so that I can make sure you, I don't put you in a position where you have to explain my 155-step system to someone else and regurgitate it. That You're never going to do as good a job of it as I will. So why don't we just set up a time that works for both of you? And it's it can be evenings and weekends. That's fine. And I'll unbook the appointment and move it. And then the other qualifying question is, in this process, are you going to talk to more realtors than me? Well, yeah, our plan is to interview two or three of them. Okay, great. Can I go last? And I unbook the appointment so that I can go last after they've met with the other agents. Now, why do I do that? Well, the number one reason is, Nobody that they talk to is going to walk through as comprehensive a listing presentation as I do. And so the wow factor is cemented when they talk to other people who just showed up with a CMA and charm and, hey, I've been doing this a long time. You can't go wrong with me, right? Even the ones that come with a listing presentation still can't hold a candle to what we do. And I'm, you can go to my YouTube channel and you can check out my listing presentation. Um, then once they say yes to that, and this is a really important piece because if any of the people they interview are skilled salespeople, what are they going to be trying to do? They're going to be trying to sign them in that meeting, right? So 
uh, what I say is, great. I look forward to meeting you then on Saturday instead of Thursday. And can you do me one favor? Could you please not sign with any of the other agents you meet with? Because I'm going to do a lot of work in preparation for our meeting. And it would really be a shame for that to have all been for not, right? And then after we meet, you're absolutely welcome to sign with anybody. Just please don't sign in with anybody before we meet. So that then gives them the power when a really good sales guy comes along on, on Wednesday and closes hard to say, I, I'm sorry, I love what you did and are telling me, but I've, I've committed to interview these other people and then I will come back to you, right? And then when I get in there, hopefully I can demonstrate that I'm the preferred choice anyway, right? But that increases the likelihood that they will not sign anything or decreases the chances they will before you guys get a chance to meet. Does that make sense? All right, uh, I'm gonna stop sharing. Actually, I have a slide that just says questions. How about that? What questions are there? Or what questions can I answer? We got a few people in here. Did I do such a thorough job? Oh, here's somebody in the chat. Hey, Sarah. I like that you give them the reassurance that they can sign with whomever they want after they meet with you. Yeah, absolutely. Because you want them to not feel like this is just a tactic, right? It is a little bit of a tactic, but it's it's based in the fact that I have supreme confidence that they're going to like me over any, you know, interview 20, I don't care. I'm the best. Like that's the arrogance you want to have and you know, give them the comfort that they can still talk to everybody and hire anybody, right? Give them the powers. Exactly right, Eric. It's their house, right? And at the end of the day, you're just trying to demonstrate to them who's the best partner to help them achieve that goal. And if you've set the expectation right, it includes you, right? That's really kind of the final point for this setting expectations topic is in any environment, whether it's a buyer, a seller, or a, a broker that you're trying to recruit to your firm, when you set the expectation and that path includes you, they're more likely to arrive at the destination with you, right? So take that to heart and and have a plan. You know, I don't I don't make a phone call without a, a post-it note of Okay, I'm calling Eric and here's what I got to make sure I cover with him. And here's going to be the call to action or the ask, whatever it is, you know, whatever the purpose of the call is. I'm trying to get him to attend or we have a mastermind event or whatever, right? I, I make a list. I got to make sure I don't miss anything. Maybe that's because I'm old and I, I will forget if I don't do that. Uh, Anita, did you say that your listing presentation is on your YouTube channel? Yes. If you go, um, if you go to my YouTube channel, first thing is I'll apologize that if there's a ton of videos on there, but I do have playlists and there's one playlist called agent training that has about 80 videos in it. And the, if you just type VIP seller, I think is what the name of the video is. Um, you'll find it. And Please subscribe when you get there. I, I post, I record just about everything and I post just about everything because um, 
I want the agents on my team to be able to come back and watch and rewatch because of what we're talking about, right? I am a big believer that if you don't follow a process, then the outcome is left to chance and that's not smart. So we do everything with a system. In fact, don't watch. Well, you can watch it if you want to, but there's a video on my channel called staying organized in a disorganized real estate world. And it's all the systems I use to just stay organized from my hard drive to my phone to, you know, naming conventions for files. It's how I can lay my hands on just about anything within a couple of seconds because I follow this process. The reason I said don't watch it is it's two hours in length. No joking around. But it's also been watched over 2000 times. So if you have the time, take a look, give me feedback, let me know what you think. But um, one, one of the guys that watched it a couple of years ago said, this video needs to have a million views. And I was like, that's flattering, but that's crazy because it's two hours long. So anyway, any other questions? We are nearing the bottom of the hour. So this is uh, working out pretty well. Thank you to everyone for participating. I will stop sharing so I can look at you. Thanks for jumping on, Eric. Thanks for having your camera on. I might have to invoke the, uh, is it Linnea that requires cameras on? You guys ever jump on Power Huddle on Fridays? I might have to invoke that. My pleasure. Absolutely, Uh, Anita and Eric. Happy to do what I can. And uh, have yourself an awesome day, all right? If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.